0: So we really want to think about as we go through the different types and levels and difficulty of decisions, how do we save most of our decision-making energy for those types of decisions that are those chess-level life-altering decisions that really that's where we want to give our most attention and time to. Welcome to Clarity Cafe, our safe space to get a little clarity on life. I am Callie, and I'm here with my Clarity sister, Barb. And today we are going to talk to you about decision fatigue and how to make life's decisions a little bit easier. In our last episode, we were talking about cultivating a new mindset and having the right internal and external voices to cultivate how we're thinking and our perspective. And so it's really... A fun one to build on because as we've talked about bringing in new perspectives, it allows us to apply those new perspectives towards our decision-making. So this is going to be a fun topic But before we dive in, we want to just thank you all for all of your social media engagement. For those of you who have subscribed to the podcast and left a review, we greatly appreciate it. We're a small little podcast and supported by listeners like you who take the time to review and comment. So thank you for that. And if you like what you're hearing, please share the podcast with someone that you think might enjoy it as well.
1: Decision-making. We all have to make lots of decisions and we don't really get... A choice about that it's the one thing we don't get a choice about is that we have a lot of decisions to make but when we can choose it's what we bring into those decisions and do we wait and kind of make every decision as it comes along it's good to be flexible and be able to respond to the environment or do we think about well if there's a certain amount of decision-making energy that i have during the day and there's things that i can make do in advance from a planning decision-making standpoint, do that a little bit of advance? Could I find myself with more energy and able to make better decisions and just actually feel better by the end of the day? So, you know, one of the things I think, Callie, you and I both do is we have rituals and things that we do. We've talked about things to help you sleep and things that we do before we rest. And and one of those things is to do some decision-making about what's going to happen the next day.
0: Yeah. So I like to think of the decisions in three buckets. There's the small decisions, the daily decisions that we make. There's the medium decisions that can get a lot of effort in them. And we'll talk about the different reasons that those medium sized decisions can get effort. And then the large kind of decisions, which are life altering, have multiple steps. Those are like the chess move decisions. And so we really want to think about as we go through the different types and levels and difficulty of decisions how do we save most of our decision making energy for those types of decisions that are those chess level life altering decisions that really that's where we want to give our most attention and time to so let's break into those little daily ones you know what are we going to eat the next day what are we going to eat for the week? Even so, we talk about thinking about what we're going to eat the night before, but even you know in advance, maybe putting together that shopping list, even ordering it or putting it all in the cart, pick up my groceries, have them picked up. I, we can. There's all new tools and techniques for how to minimize grocery shopping, but you know if we think in advance, what am I going to eat? Have that set the night before. That allows us to be less susceptible to the sugar cravings or the carb cravings or the, I'm just too tired. I'm going to eat this thing, (laughs) whatever it is, might not necessarily be an affinity with us in the long run. So when we take these little decisions out and we allow them to just automate or be easier, one of the things it also does is creates room in our heads to think And what I mean by that is a lot of us have our thoughts filled up with, I shouldn't have eaten that. I don't feel good about that. My stomach hurts. Going to the bathroom wasn't that pleasant. I haven't gone to the bathroom. That's not that pleasant. Um, Whatever that noise is, and then the ups and downs of sugar and craving, that's all noise in there too. So though we might say, setting out our food or having it prepped in advance is a simple decision and a simple thing that we can do, there is a secondary impact of all the noise and thinking that goes around the choices we make around food. And if we just make that choice, it frees up bandwidth for us to be able to apply that mental energy towards other things.
1: Absolutely. It can have a profound effect on decisions that you make later in the day. And the experiences that you have, for instance, what you eat. I sometimes go out for um, business dinners and business lunches, and I generally prefer to eat at home because I know exactly what goes into my food and I get exactly what I like and need. Um, But there are times when I have to go out, and when that happens, I'll even check out the menu in advance and think about it because if I'm involved in a business conversation or even a social conversation, I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time thinking about what is the healthiest choice on this menu that I would enjoy eating right now. So that whole approach to food, I think we make such better decisions when we're a little bit more prepared from the standpoint of stocking our grocery items in our pantry and our refrigerators all the way down to the choice we make when someone's taking our order, all of that decision making. The more we don't have to do that on the fly, the more we can concentrate on perhaps some of the More enjoyable and more important things that we need to think about in that moment.
0: I like to do it with clothing too. I, you know, if I know in the morning I'm going to go for a walk with a friend and then I'm going to come back, take a shower, and get dressed for the day, it's really helpful for me to just set out my clothes for the walk, set out my clothes for the Day. And depending on my mood, I even sometimes set out my PJs so that I know what my comfy clothes are. And if I know I've got a big day, I can think later, those PJs are waiting for me. And so it becomes like a little (laughs) reward for everything that I accomplished rather than thinking through what am I going to wear and what do I need to wear and then what am I going to wear and blah, blah, blah. If I do it the night before, then I can go, oh, hello, PJs. I'm going to see you a little bit later.
1: (laughs) That's always a happy moment when you get to say hello to your PJs. Yeah, I think I maybe started that habit. One of the things I liked about business trips was that I had to think about in advance what I was going to wear if it was a three-day trip each day of the trip. And then when I got to my destination, I would know. And those decisions didn't have to be made. So I could think about the presentation I was going to make or the meeting I was going to be in. And also, you know, the night before, make a decision to get up a little extra early and do my exercise that I wanted to do, my yoga or, or go take a walk or take a run. I had much more space to think about how I wanted my day to be structured because I already knew what I was going to wear. And then I figured out, oh, if I do that at home, too, that gives me more time at home, too, for, and more good energy for better decisions and, and a smoother, less tiring way of starting the day want to enter the day with as much energy as possible, but at the pace that is appropriate. And starting off your day with knowing that you have a a cute outfit to wear, you have a good outfit for later for going out to the gym or whatever, and then your PJs. That just feels like a good solid day plan right there.
0: And to be clear, some days, I'm at home the entire day, so it may look like, what am I going to work out in? And then what am I going to, what kind, what level of sweats am I wearing <laughs> for the day? Yeah. But I can get just ex- excited about that as well. So there's no right or wrong answer here on outfits for sure. And... I'd like to spend a little time talking about the three techniques we can use for medium-sized decisions. So those medium decisions are often logistical, like a work thing or a party thing or a social thing or whatever, kid school thing, whatever, coming up, and I need to do A, B, and C, or D, E, and F, I need to make a decision on that. And I'm just, I don't really know how I feel about that right now. And I don't really know what my decision is going to be. And there's a lot of just complexity in the world right now. So a lot of that noise can depend day by day. Things can change. And so one of the things is to just notice if you're ambivalent or resistant or just feeling stuck on a decision, is this a decision where you don't have enough data? So like maybe well, there's this event coming up and I need to know if X, Y, and Z is gonna happen before I'm able to attend that event. Well, if that's the case, you might not have enough data. And so you can either go seek that data, that's one technique, or you can wait for the data to kind of arise on its own. So that would be one that you can sort of take the stress out of just by recognizing, inventorying the type of decision and why it is that we're struggling to make a decision. So not having enough data is one. And the second one would be, you don't know how to make a decision or don't know what decision to make. You know what? It's okay not to make a decision. Sometimes in life, we can just allow things to just happen and not making a decision or jumping into that person's relationship or a problem or situation or go handle something that may be even not our business. Just allowing it to resolve in the way that it resolves, not to do an action is also a way to make a decision and take some stress off.
1: I love those kind.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and once I recognize it, Once you recognize them, that's the trick. Yeah, Yeah. because sometimes you just sit there and can really stress out without acknowledging or taking that step back and going, okay, what is going on here about this decision? (laughs) And once I know it, oh, then letting it just slide right by me is fine. (laughs) What are some other techniques you use for those medium-sized decisions?
1: If you don't have enough data... And you think that that's the only issue, right? So you're just like, oh, I don't have enough data. I just feel like I can't really get this done, but I don't have time. Well, making the time to go get that data, you might find out you have enough to make a good decision and it's really appropriate for you to make a decision. But in the space of having that, you might also see, again, that it's not your decision to make. Maybe it is best for you to step out of that decision. Now that you have more data, you realize, oh, these other people over here are going to resolve that. And I don't maybe have to be in the middle of that. And I think as someone who's always liked to help with everything, that's been a tougher one for me to really start to understand. But I find it very empowering to be able to let other people have that space to resolve their things. So, you know, the other thing with with the those kind of medium things is if I and I have really learned a lot of good techniques of how to do this from you, Callie, which is if I've gotten all the data I can possibly get, I still can't kind of see my way through, I'm not exactly sure, then I can allow myself to say, I'm going to just ground that and let it be for some period of time, whatever's appropriate period of time, before I think about that again. I don't have to make that decision right this minute, because sometimes you just got to let some of the murk and some of the dust settle around it to be able to see clearly the path.
0: Mm, One of my favorites. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, So for those of you who have not listened to our grounding the way uh, episode, definitely check that out. We talk about grounding as a meditative tool that you can close your eyes and imagine the base of your spine being connected to the planet. Nice long tree trunk or monkey tail connecting to the center of the planet and releasing so that we feel connected and grounded. But you can also imagine a situation, people, places, things in a bubble out in front of you and ground that bubble outside of yourself, outside of your energy field. Give yourself a little space from that thing And then to Barb's point, really figure out, you know, is that really something I need to be getting in the middle of? And so we did an episode on allowing people to solve their own problems and not being the problem solver. So if you haven't checked that one out, definitely uh, give that one a listen because that plays right into this concept of maybe some of the reasons that we're fatigued is we're taking other people's puzzles or problems away from them. Because we know how to do it or we think we know how to do it or we think we should do it. Yeah, we have an episode called Stop Shitting on Yourself (laughs) or something (laughs) along those lines. Uh, So really being able to allow oneself to ground it and separate from it by giving it space, imagining it a couple feet out in front of you and being grounded and just sitting with that separation. Because I think a lot of us naturally grab people's problems, we pull them right into our gut, right into our heart, right into our heads, and we get busy. And the truth is, that's not really our puzzle to be getting busy with. So we need to maybe calm that down a little bit. And see if that's even something we should be getting involved in. That will reserve a lot of points for the big stuff, the chess pieces. You know those questions for those of us who have an employer that has a health care savings account, like an HSA, or has a flex spending account, an FSA, and you're sitting over there trying to figure out whether you need to have a high deductible health insurance plan or whether you want to take the lower deductible, uh, whether or not you're going to save that money in an FSA and lose it at the end of the year, but your costs out of pocket are going to be less, or whether or not your long-term retirement goals are for saving more healthcare money short-term out of pocket, it's going to be a lot more costly, but long-term, you're going to have another savings account for your healthcare expenses. I know that was a lot. And if you glazed over, that's totally fine. But the point is, that's an example of the chess types decisions that we actually need to make. We actually need to have enough energy and enough attention to listen to something like that and go, yeah. What are my retirement goals, and then how does this play in?
1: Yeah, it's so easy to put those decisions off. Uh, with the, in in cases of those healthcare things, sometimes there's a deadline imposed on you from the outside, so you know when you have to do it. But you know, other similar life decisions, what goes into your healthcare power of attorney? You know, how do you? structure your trust, just all the things in your world, should you be part of that partnership, whether that's a personal situation or a business situation, all of those kind of bigger things, it's easy for us to put them off because it seems like they take a lot of energy and we've been spending our energy on these less difficult ones. So as we get, you know, all the little tips and tools of the small and the medium ones, if we start to ground those and be able to make those more effortlessly Then it seems reasonable to be able to address these bigger ones and make a really informed decision rather than feel rushed in it. And I know that's just such a different feeling. Um, We know we always make better decisions when we don't feel like we're in a hurry. How many times do you rush out the door and you're like, ah, there was like that one thing I was for sure I was going to bring today, but I was rushing as I went out the door, so I forgot it. If I hadn't have been in quite such a hurry because of all the decisions and all the things I had to do right before I left, I would have been able to be more aware. So all of these ways of structuring decision-making help bring us more into awareness of the present moment, even if it's a moment when we're having to make a fairly big decision.
0: That reminds me, Barb, of two things. One is I play a lot with yesterday's self, today's self, and tomorrow's self. And so I spend a lot of time saying yesterday self, thank you so much for doing all the dishes before I went to bed. So when I woke up, I had a clean coffee pot and I had clean dishes to get my day started with. When I climb into bed, thank you morning self for having made the bed. So it's nice to climb into. Thank you for setting my clothes out, things like that. And then today's self says, well, what can I do for tomorrow self to lighten the burden? And it's just become this habit. Uh, I just recently went on a little trip and before, I and mean, you know, it was like pack everything, get everything ready, um, get all the food prepped. It was like a lot, a lot of work. And I insisted to push through and clean everything, the house up and straighten it up before we left. And I did that because I wanted future self to come back and say, thank you, yesterday's self, for cleaning all that. And it was so lovely to arrive back home to a really serene, beautiful space that made me oh, hello, home. I'm so grateful to see you. I love you and all the things in it and my view. And it was just a really lovely thing.
1: Yeah, I love that you're giving your future self a gift. And then that feeling of appreciation actually goes back to the self that was there cleaning up the house beforehand. So it's a wonderful kind of gratitude and self-love actions to do that. Well worth the decision you made to spend the energy to do that.
0: And, you know, you talked about forgetting that one thing walking out the door. That second thing that it had brought up to me or reminded me of was the thing that removing the small and medium-sized decisions and reducing the noise from those allows me to do is say, what is the most important thing I get done today? And to actually have the space and the bandwidth so that I can be present for that thing. and. No matter what comes up, I just continue to say, well, this is the most important thing today. I'm going to accomplish this thing and really be there for that rather than have all this noise and then be pushing off or not being able to get to what might be the most one or two important things. And then finding disappointment, frustrations, resentments, all those other pieces of noise that can come up when we don't get to tend to the present moment important things.
1: Yes. We all know that there's going to be lots of interruptions and unexpected things that are going to happen during the day. That's just the nature of life. But that focus on planning and making the decisions of what is really important for you to do in your day, i find has been so super useful. And the amazing thing is, I feel like you get more done on those days where you've really thought through kind of what you're going to do, so that even if you get thrown a curveball, you still can kind of get back on track and end your day with that feeling of, wow, I pretty much owned it. I, I did a great job today. Thank you, Barb, for doing such a good job. And uh, what can you do for your tomorrow self to make that be a great day too? You're much more likely to do the productive thing and the good planning thing if you've had a good day. So there's a righteous, in Qigong we used to call this, the righteous qi will rise, right? So you start setting in, in motion that good energy, And it kind of snowballs on itself.
0: A lot of times in my past when I've had successes, rather than nurture myself and go, gosh, that was amazing. Look what you did. You accomplished it. You pulled it off and sit in that and revel in that. I would just be like, okay, that's good. On with the next set of expectations. Next level, next ladder in the rung. Matter of fact, I think, Barb, why don't we do that as our next podcast? Just talk about Success and how to nurture a successful mindset.
1: That's a beautiful topic. As we uh, move into this even better decision making and more energy space, doing that with that kind and compassionate and fun self dialogue is a really juicy topic. Super excited for that. And also, Really excited to seeing what you FAM folks out there have to say about this episode and others that we're posting and look forward to some more reviews. And, you know, we love it when we hear from you with ideas for podcasts. So if you have some ideas of topics that are coming up in your life right now uh, that you'd like to hear a discussion about and see some engagement on, we would just be delighted to, to hear those. Feel free to DM us on Instagram, or, you know, leave a comment drop a comment on the podcast we're following all of it and uh are just really so happy to hear the community voice and to uh continue to spread the word so we also really appreciate you sharing the podcast with folks leaving reviews dropping some comments and we'll look forward to uh this juicy topic in our next episode As Callie has always said, and I always say as well, take what you need and can benefit from in what we've talked about and let the rest of it go. And until we next meet, be well.